0: Hey friends, welcome to episode number seven of Critical Folly. As always, thanks so much for taking time to listen. Make sure you subscribe on any podcasting platform and help us get the word out by sharing this podcast with your friends. My guest today is songwriter and recording artist Riley Smith. He's the founder and lead singer of the band Riley. And he also happens to be my son in law. I'm really excited for you to hear this interview today. You know, when your kids are growing up, you kind of let yourself start going there and thinking about what their spouses will be like. And as a girl dad, I can remember thinking and even praying, God, Please let my daughters marry cool guys, not jerks that I don't like. When Allison and Riley started dating, I got nervous because I remember thinking, what if I don't like this guy? And I realized there are parents out there who have that misfortune where their children have married someone that they are not fond of. And fortunately for me, uh, that's not the case. I hit the jackpot with Riley, and I think you'll enjoy getting to know him a little bit on this interview. We're going to do things a little bit different today because this is going to be unedited. It is raw. We're just sitting at the table talking to each other, not editing anything out. I can't even remember what all we talked about or any goofs that we had. So whatever you hear, enjoy. Hey, buddy, thank you for doing this and being a part of Critical Folly uh, For those listening We're actually recording this In our RV So if you hear some interesting noise In the background Don't worry about it one bit We'll just keep on rolling With our talk uh, You're up here in Nashville because you were doing some recording Yeah,
1: yeah We um, have been working on Some songs For a potential ep that we will put out at the end of this year um so yeah me and the guys are up here the last few days actually after this we're going to do some vocals but um yeah we've been working on some new tunes been exciting
0: yeah while we're, while we're talking about that because i don't want to forget you've got some new stuff out and i want people to know where they can find you kind of give all your information of where people can locate your music, follow, subscribe, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so the band is called Riley, but it's spelled R-Y-L-Y. So you can find that everywhere that you listen to music. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon Music. um, Yeah, really anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's R-Y-L-Y. And we have... Two albums, an EP, and some new singles off of this newest project that's coming out.
0: Yeah, the the two singles that you just released recently have done really well. Yeah, like one of them, I think in a month was over a hundred thousand. Yeah, downloads. yeah, that was
1: very shocking to us. We had we put out a record in twenty nineteen, the summer of twenty nineteen, called Young and Naive. That was like the first full length project that we were like super proud of and. Um I think the title track off of that record is over two hundred thousand, yeah. maybe three hundred thousand. Um which was mind blowing, but that was took a year, over a year for that to even happen. So
0: and then in a month.
1: Yeah, and then we put out this project and we're like, Man, this song is like so we love this song, it's cool and I guess people felt the same way. Yeah. Um and Spotify helped us out there. Curators and editors for their playlists have um, put it on some of their playlists and uh, people are putting it on their playlists and sharing it and that's like the biggest thing you can do to help. So, yeah, what's that single called? Figure It Out. Yeah. So we have Figure It Out and Stealing My Time are the two newest singles. Yeah.
0: So go listen. Uh, follow. You're also on social media. How can they yeah, find you Yeah, on
1: Instagram, there? we are Riley Music Official, R-Y-L-Y. Music Official... Um, Facebook, just r y l y. We have a page, but it's really just whatever we post on Instagram, post to Facebook. So,
0: yeah. um, is there are any tour dates coming up? I know a lot of uh, artists aren't are, performing right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: fully shut down. Thankfully we finished a tour for the Young and Naive album. The second leg of that, we did like an acoustic tour and we wrapped that up. Like the last show was in like February. So, yeah, right at the very beginning where I heard like coronavirus for the first time, we were kind of closing up shop and getting back to working on new stuff and then everybody just started shutting down and now the music industry's struggling and some awesome venues that have been around for years and years are just like no longer um open and uh I def I think it'll be that the very very earliest spring of next year before we're doing any live shows wow. or wow. maybe people are doing any live shows.
0: I just had this thought um when you started talking when we were talking about touring uh you if i remember right you you did one up the east coast and then you guys went out to texas and some other places what's that like uh, you know to to be on the road full time cuz i think you all did 12 or so, 12, 14 cities, something like that. What's that like to go up the East coast and know that, Hey, we're, we're doing a show tonight and then we're packing up and headed down the road in the middle of the night and we're going to do it again.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in, so we did one leg that was like, uh, end of July of 2019 through really right before we got married, like October, like ended the first of October. And then we, broke and went back out January through like March I guess beginning of March I think in total we did 30 maybe 40 cities of both of those together Um, it's definitely something I like have always dreamed of doing was being since a kid like being able to just travel and play for people Um, so it was really fun it's a lot grosser than it's made out to be just like having to find places to shower and right. we just were taking my Forerunner, so it's like one of us is driving the other one's got a air mattress blown up in the back sleeping and watching tv while we
0: do 14 hour trips but yeah see there's a lot of fun there are a lot of young maybe young artists that are gonna hear this at some point they're gonna go that sounds so cool man yeah and it and it really is um i
1: think it'll make us more appreciative when we get to have a tour bus or something yeah. one day like yeah. I think it'll make us way more like thankful for yeah. being able to be there with us like having it because I mean most people 95% of artists started this way Is like they didn't just get a deal it's like right. we just had to grind every day for like yeah. seven
0: years or more just to get noticed so yeah wow well how hey, you mentioned wanting to do that since you were a little kid and you got into music really early, you can share that part, how you got into music. But tell people about young Riley, like what it was like growing up when music came on the scene and let them get to know you a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, so my grandmother play has played piano and organ in her church for over 50 years since my mom before my mom. And when my mom was a little girl. So um, when we were like three or four, um, we had a couple pianos in the house and my grandma would come over to the house and teach us the basics and we would do lessons with her every week. Um, And then after that, once we started getting in school, we started taking classical music lessons and my uh, mom put us in piano lessons. So me and my older brother and my younger sister all did piano lessons for probably 11 years, um, most of my growing up, and I hated it. Every single second of it, I hated I hear, it. I hear that a lot. Um, yeah, she, my mom would set the microwave timer. for. She would say, you're going to practice for 20 minutes, and she would set the timer for 20 minutes, and then she would go off and do her thing, and I would play a little bit, play for a while until she like kind of forgot about it, and it became background noise, and I would run to the microwave, and I would cancel <laughs> the timer and I would take like eight minutes off of it and restart it and then go back and keep playing. And then it would be done and I would be like, all right, I, I'm good. I did 20 minutes. And she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was sneaky. I'm sure she probably knew that. But yeah, we got into classical piano. And then um I'd say when I was like fourth or fifth grade, I always wanted to play guitar, but I never, I mean, I had them. I would just strum them randomly. And um my parents helped me get involved in like a fourth and fifth grade kind of group at the church I grew up at. Um and started playing guitar there and started singing and we did drama like uh, community theater for years and years and years growing up. So I also sang a lot and I think people saw that I had natural ability to not only play and sing, but engage people in what I was doing and what I was saying. So my parents were huge and helping me get involved and then helping my brother get involved and um yeah and then it just was playing at church and playing at other churches and then that became a source of income and then became my only source of income and um got people's attention and then started doing my own thing with music. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um <clears throat> that's good. Uh so I mentioned in the intro that you happen to be married to my daughter, Allie, <laughs> yeah. which makes you my son-in-law, yep. uh, like it or not. <laughs> tell everybody how you and Allie met. T- tell us that story. Yeah.
1: Um. So I guess the summer of 2018, yeah, 2018, I was traveling with a Band that was doing like conferences and like church gatherings and stuff. And so we um, were gone the whole summer. I mean, it was like, I think I was gone from May to August and I would come home on a Saturday and wash my clothes and then get up the next morning and head back out. And it was fun. We were always gone and that's like the lifestyle that I really wanted. So um, we played an event in Myrtle Beach South Carolina and the youth pastor there introduced us to some of their interns or their residents and it was Allie Ferris and Rachel Cash (laughs) two best friends um and I remember me and actually another guy in the group being like "Whoa, they're they're cute but we didn't It was like a, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. And then we hung out at different tables backstage, and that was kind of it. Um, Her side of the story is that she was obsessed with me the whole week (laughs) while we were there. Um, And I was completely unaware of that, as a lot of men are. But then we were gone, and I didn't really think much of it. But all the while, she's, like, listening to my music and talking about me and looking at my Instagram. And um, then two weeks later, we play another one in uh, Sky Ranch. I think it's Oak- Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I walk in and we're setting up our gear and plugging in and starting to sound check. And it was America night for, I guess in a like event they were doing after some of the service stuff. And in walks a girl with blue hair and blue lips and makeup on a flag on her cheek. And I was like, for some insane reason, like, I've got to talk to this girl (laughs) and uh yeah and then we started talking and hanging out while we were there and then I flew home at the end of that week and we were dating by like that weekend and then I was so in love that I drove up in the middle of the night on a weekend to see her for 24 hours and then drive back with a friend and we totaled our car hydroplaning on the highway that's right that's oh, right. Oh my gosh! I so forgot your about daughter that. is the cause
0: of me losing my first car, but yeah, she's the cause of a lot of things. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, so, how has marriage changed you? You know, everybody probably gets asked this question at some point, or maybe they think, yeah, or or maybe they don't think. But how has being married? Because you guys tomorrow is it tomorrow? Mm-hmm, the nineteenth is your. When you're anniversary. Yeah. How's life different?
1: Um, I have to share my money. <laughs> um, that's, so that's been the, uh, one of the biggest things. I, I think a lot of people told us before we got married, it's going to be a huge shift. It's really going to take a lot of time to like, get used to it and get comfortable. And, um, you guys are going to have to like really learn things about each other. And, we see some of our friends who are young and married and they post like this has been the most challenging thing I've ever done but the most rewarding thing I've ever done and if that's true for them that's great but we sit at home and we're like are we doing something wrong because this thing isn't like that hard I mean there are moments and we've never raised our voices at each other but yeah there are moments that are like we're not on the same page and we need to get on the same page but it hasn't been difficult really I wouldn't say it's hard but yeah, sharing my money, not just spending money on things that I want in the moment, um, and training my brain to think about somebody else before myself. Because, yeah. um, I mean, my whole life it's been single and high school flings, but it's been single and, oh, I need this piece of gear, I'm going to buy this piece of gear, or I want to travel go on tour these dates like I'm just going to go out as long as I want now it's like well, I should probably break it up and come home and see my wife and yeah um, so she's not just alone for months at yeah. a time so that
0: that's that's good insight because I think people that have been married for a long time would say that training yourself to think of the other person first is a lifelong journey sure I mean, you never I'm you yeah know, I'm going on 30 years sure. and I'm not yeah. good at it yet yeah So, uh, that's good. Um, so tell us a little bit more about Riley, the band, who is it? How did you guys get started? Um, so in 2015,
1: I was playing at, uh, the church I grew up at and there was a guy who would come in and lead. Sometimes they would contract him. His name was David Dalton and he worked at a studio in Atlanta. And he was really involved with the church that I was at and another church in Atlanta. Um, it had a lot of connections in the music scene. So we I was just some high school kid leading worship and playing, and he would come in and um, help out. And uh, I think he just one day was like, have you ever thought about doing your own stuff, like what that would look like, or have you written your own songs? And I was like, I mean, yeah, I really want to do my own thing, but I haven't really written a good song that i'm like hey i'm proud of this listen to it um so he was really kind and he was like man well if you want to try i would like i would love to help you out and like get you started so i would go home and write and write and write and um it really didn't take i mean it was like a month or two and then i had two songs that i felt good about and him and i had been sending stuff back and forth and um, yeah, so we put an EP out when I was 15 or 16. Um, that was just like, Hey, world, I'm trying to do this. Here's like what I sound like. Here's what I can do. And our sound has evolved immensely from that. But yeah, he has major credit for getting me started. And then from there, um, Nick Cooper, who produces all of our stuff now, um, he reached out because he was in Nashville, living in Nashville. And he grew up at the church that I grew up at. He's older than me. And his younger sister was one of my best friends in high school and still is one of my best friends. And so he reached out and was like, Hey, I heard what you did with David. Um, sounds great. I'm in Nashville. Would you want to come up one weekend and see what happens in the studio? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I was a high schooler and somebody outside of my circle reached out and wanted to work. So I was like, heck yeah. So that started, a uh, two years of every, or a weekend, every month driving up to Nashville by myself and working on stuff with him and sending stuff back and forth and writing songs with him. Um, which then evolved into like, I think we could make this a thing. Like this could be really good for both of us. Um, and so to this day he's still I mean I'm going to his house after this but he's like been a huge part of the process of our sound and um, pushing the band forward and helping navigate what we want to do next and um, where we want to go and then in 20 actually the end of last year um, I had met Sam Rady like a, the year previous and after a week of knowing him spending time with him asking him to be in our wedding <laughs> holy cow i remember texting Allie and being like hey um do you think it'd be okay if like if i asked sam to be in our wedding she was like i mean it's your like bri- it's your like groomsmen like it's your decision i was like okay because i just asked him and he said yes <laughs> <laughs> um and that was the right choice because we're best best of friends but um He joined and he plays bass and then um, TJ Rodriguez plays drums and he started playing with us the tail end of um, the tour that ended right before COVID. But now he had moved into, we're all in the studio together writing and recording and he tracks all the drum parts and uh, helps arrange the songs, but he is potentially moving to L.A. Um, in the start of January, which we're excited about, um, he's still going to be involved with the band and working together. It'll just yeah. not be in person playing. Um, so it will be some adjustment, but we're like stoked for him. He's wanted to do it for years and years. And as long as I've known him, he said like one day I'm moving to LA. Yeah. So, um, we knew it was coming and it just seemed since everything shut down and work is tough anyways, why
0: not try it out and see how it is. So yeah. we're excited for that. That's good. I'm going to take a <clears throat> break here and clear my throat. And take this wig. <clears throat> well, let's talk about songwriting real quick because it's something that's always fascinated me. I mean, I, I love music. You know, my musical taste is very eclectic. I like all kinds of, you know, my range is very vast, but I've never had any of that ability. And maybe, I don't know, maybe people think that you just sit down one day and in 30 minutes you write this hit song that everybody loves, and I can't imagine that that's reality for you, at least, for Riley. What goes into finding a song that you like. Yeah, I've
1: never written a hit song, so um, I think when I do, and I think the people that, uh, I watch a lot of interviews and a lot of uh, stuff with artists that I respect or people that I don't really enjoy but have made their living off of making hits. And I would say 60 to 70% of them would say, when I write a song, I have no idea that it's going to be the one that people cling to or like the one that blows up um, sometimes I'll write one and think this is it but most of the time the one I think is my hit is the least liked one um, of all of them so I mean I was watching something recently and John Legend wrote all of me and he was like that was just a song that I have written with a bunch of other songs and he was like I like these other ones a lot more but he was like I would play it at parties for my wife and for my friends and he was like they would all cry every time and they were like, we've never heard something like this. And he was like, I just didn't think it was going to be something that was the most, um, that got the most emotional attention. And he was like, it did. And that's the one that blew up. But um, for me, as far as songwriting process goes, I um I know people who say, when and when I was starting out, I had people say, just write a song a day. Just work on the craft. Just even if it's bad, just get everything out. Write, write it down. Get some melodies. Just even if it's bad, just get it on paper. Write it all out. And I disagree with that way of thinking. I'm sure it works for some people, and that's fine. But um, for a lot of people, think is like you got to turn on a tap and get all the dirty water out, and then the clean water is going to come out. So write, write, write. Get all the crap out, and then. You'll get the gems, and I just think it's either there, or it's not. Sometimes, mm. I mean, we're working on a song today that finally got to where it needed to be and is awesome. But it, the first draft of the lyrics I had written, were all over the place, like theme wise. It was just these. This line sounds cool. This line sounds cool. But what is this Bringing song about? Bringing together. Yeah. What yeah. is this song about? And that's really it sounds so cliche because I hear people say all the time and I roll my eyes, but it's really just doing a puzzle. Um, it's just mind games like, okay, well this melody sounds cool. Um, and this melody sounds cool. How can we, in what way can we configure them and what order can we put them in to make the song move forward and make the listener want to keep listening. And then lyrically, what is the song about? Is the verse setting up a story? Um, with tension in a relationship or uh, questioning something. And the chorus is kind of being the thing that ties it together Mm -hmm. and every song is different. So it's really just, I just basically, my process is um, I build out a track. So I'll start playing some chords and stuff on the piano or guitar and I'll put them in different orders and I'll write a verse. I'll write a chorus feel. I love the feeling of it. And then I'll come in and just sing some melodies over. I'll just loop it and start singing some melodies while I'm driving in the car. I'll listen to it and just hum some melodies, sing some melodies. And once I find something I like, I put in my voice memos. And then that's when the real fun begins of like, what the heck do I want to talk about? Um, Mm. And sometimes I've got lists of ideas like, oh, I've been wanting to write a song about this. I've been wanting to write a song about this. But um. A lot of times just comes from conversation and experience and um, then I am one who loves feedback whether good or bad and with the guys we have decided like a while ago that we were just going to do no BS in the studio so if something's bad or you don't agree with it we're not hurting each other's feelings just let's save ourselves some time yeah and just say i don't like it love that instead of what do you guys think about this and mm-hmm. really what you want to say is i hate this yeah and we all the reason it's okay is cuz we all want it to be the best it can be um and it's taken me a while to understand that cuz i don't have the thickest of skin so um and i know the industry is not cut out for people like that but it took me some time to get there and um nick and i are very different in that way he's just like i'll tell you as soon as I meet you how it is and I'll do that once we know each other <laughs> yeah but um yeah and having people that will give you the feedback we I have one guy his name's Matt Morrissey he lives here in Nashville um and him and I co-write pretty much every song together I mean we get a track I start getting melodies and lyrics and then we're on a Zoom call the next week like all right let's get through this and so I'd say Almost every song in the last album and all of these new songs coming out, he has co-written with me because it's just good to have someone else who thinks similarly to you, um, but has different experiences, um, yeah,
0: and can contribute something that I couldn't think of. That's fascinating, just to hear all that goes into that, and there's there's so many parallels to other walks of life, you know, most of my adult life has been either coaching high school football or pastoring. And whether you're building a message, you know, a, a talk for people in the church or uh, a message series, or you're putting together a game plan for a Friday night football game, mm-hmm. it's all collaborative. And I've thought for a long time, and and I'm like you in certain situations that have really tough skin, but then I'm also, a people pleaser and yeah. a, a approval addict. And I, I think I've come to the conclusion that life would just be a lot better if everyone would just abide by that no BS rule and mm-hmm. just go, this is how I see it. And I'm not trying to be ugly or hurt your feelings. And, and I, th- I think as you get older, you get to that point where you go, look, I, I don't need you whispering sweet nothings in my ear. I want to be the best. Yeah. So, Cut to the chase and tell me, in, in all walks of life, what, you know, what you really think about about what we're doing. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I thought of one more question related to the band and, and music, and then at the very end we'll come back and I'm going to have you do a little music survey. <laughs> but you are very musically talented and you play a lot of in- instruments. You started playing the piano. Now you play a lot of guitar. Do you have a favorite or... It, is it a mood thing? Um,
1: I'm not great at either of them. I did 11 years of classical piano, and because I cut corners and then quit, I have forgotten almost everything I ever learned. Um, and I'm not a very analytical learner. Um, I like I probably now couldn't even really read music, like, scored out. Um, but... I have always learned by ear and I used to get in trouble because it's like sight read this music and it's like, just play it for me and I'll play it back to you. that's just how I am going to learn it. Um, so there are struggles with that, but, um, I don't have a favorite. I think they're both so versatile, but I think it really is a mood thing. Um, and whatever's laying around. So if there's a guitar in the room, guess that's what I'm using. If there's a keyboard or piano around, I'll use that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we mentioned earlier that you grew up in church. You started leading worship in, I guess, you'd call it kids' church when you're in fourth or fifth grade. Talk about your faith journey now as an adult, because spending 20-plus years as a student pastor, I watch young kids like you who grow up in the church or enter a relationship with Jesus Christ while they're an adolescent. And, and, you know, they're under that umbrella of this is what people are teaching me. And this is what my mom and dad have always taught me in the house. And, and then when they go off to college and then enter adulthood, there's this, what I think is beautiful process. It's not always fun for everybody involved, they begin to make their faith their own. And they start questioning, wait, why do I believe that? And what what do I think about this? And I think that's awesome now. And, you know, I have two adult daughters and they don't believe everything just exactly like I do. And what I would never want is for them to grow up and just robotically mimic everything that I think or believe. Sure. But it's this process, and, and you guys are kind of on that journey right now. Talk about the the evolution of your faith and, and where you are now with the church and, you know, how, how you feel about all that.
1: Yeah. I um, will first want to say that I have, like, the greatest parents in the world who love each other, which is very hard to come by Truth. these days. Um, and they raised us – the best they could, um, and I'm really thankful for having them as parents, um, but yeah, I grew up in church, um, gosh, was involved my entire life, that was my friends, um, my family, my work was all church stuff, I mean, from a very young age, I mean, that's how, I moved out of my parents' house when I was a senior in high school, um, because I think my mind was on to the next thing and my relationship with my parents was just like getting really messy and we i mean i made the decision but we both decided maybe this is for the best so i moved in with the family from the church um with some other guys in their basement and our relationship just completely turned around but um that's how i made my living and was able to do that it's like i was just playing at church and working at church um but yeah growing um outside of that i would say if i if my 17 year old self or 18 year old 17 year old self could see have a conversation with me now he would probably be very shocked as to where i am currently mm-hmm. um because i don't really believe a lot of the things that i grew up believing but one of my friends um told me something that I had never heard someone say in this way, and it um, really kind of actually set me at ease because I was started my journey of questioning things like, all right, let's start at the basis. Is God real or not? What do I believe about that? All right, if that's true, let's move on. If I believe that to be true, let me move on to this next question. And It was, it kind of turned into that. And I was making my, it was like a tree. We start with God at the top, yes or no. All right. Once we answer one of those, where does it go next? Um, And that's just how I began thinking about it. And so I was in a car ride with one of my friends. We played a gig in South Georgia. And he, we were talking about all of this. And he said, Look, man, I just think I'm in a very different place than I was two years ago. I believe very different things than I believed two years ago. And I've changed my mind about things. And I'm going to do that again at some point. And I just want to give myself grace to change my mind in the future. And so I was like, man, that's like a cool way to think about it. Is like, we're f- like, I'm free to just change my mind um, in the way that I think about things. I've already done it once. So I can do it again in the future. So don't beat myself up now for the things I believe. So I would say I'm always on the search for true things and real things. And um, it, my journey does look a little different than it did two years ago or three years ago, but um, I'm definitely at peace with where I am um, currently. And I just want to be able to give myself grace every day to, hey, it's okay if you don't know what you think about this thing. Um, Just keep looking for
0: what you want to find truth? For. Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. The, <clears throat> I th- I think that's kind of cool the whole uh, tree thing. And let's answer this question first. Walk us through the top two or three levels of that. I mean, obviously, so if you start, you know, d- is there a God? Does does is he real? Sure. You know, and and where where are you? Where that, are you on that?
1: That moment, that I asked that question for the first time out loud. Um, was like, okay, do I even believe that God exists or a God exists? I was like kind of blown away. I was like, dude, where have you gone? Like, how did you get here? And I really beat myself up then. Now I'm like, man, everybody's on their journey and their life experience is so different. I have been hurt by the church, capital C, Mm -hmm. as you say, big C, um, and specific people from my specific churches that I've been involved in many times. And I get the classic uh, Christian, don't let people like distort your view of God. Um, On the flip side, and I totally understand that people do mess up on the flip side. We're as a believer in Jesus, you are supposed to be the image bearer of God to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. So that's where it kind of gets messy. It's like, okay, well, these are the people who are supposed to look the most like Jesus. And if this is what Jesus looks like, I want to have no part of it. Um, and so those are kind of where I started like, dang, is God real? Is he not? So I believe he is. Um, well, which God is real of all the ones that we have available or that we can think of which God seems to have the most evidence. Um, and from there, move into, how do we come to be all of that stuff? Even looking at scripture, do we, do I even think this thing is infallible? Is it fallible? And when I started asking those questions, I've never asked in my life. I just took everything as, as it was. Yeah. Um, I began coming up with different answers and, um, it started to scare me, but as I've grown through it and realized I might think differently next year, like yeah. I'm not always just content but i want to be happy with the present and um next year i might i will come to different conclusions and that's exciting to me um to think differently and i love all outside aspects i grew up with christians i have atheist best friends i have agnostic friends um and i love hearing all sides of every topic yeah um and then i can make my decision on what i think
0: about it yeah i think that that's one of the Uh, I think that's one of the confusing parts of growing up in church is that you get taught these things, and there's not really space in the church, big C, to ask why. It's just this is. This is what. And, you know, those who are listening that know me, they know what I believe and where I stand. and. And you do too, but that doesn't mean that I don't have questions <laughs> in these conversations with God in my car, like, okay, God, wait a minute. So you're this perfect, loving dad, father, perfect. And you are love. You're not just loving. You are love. But you created hell. Sure. Like, like I I have those conversations. Yeah. I was a pastor for 30 years. And I don't think God's in heaven going, oh, how yeah, dare sure. you ask such a thing. Sure. But unfortunately, Christians do respond that way. Yeah. And we got to stop that because yeah. people are on a journey and God's grace is so vast. I can't remember who wrote the song, Oceans, you know, that worship, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. overplayed worship song, but uh, great song, just overplayed. But, sure. um uh, you know that's a great example it's just vast so we need to chill out and let people walk this journey and
1: yeah that was a big push away for me from church was I didn't feel like I could ask my tough questions or I would get the response every time that was when somebody just can't think of anything logically or give me evidence for something it was there's just God's a mystery I mean there's things we don't know and I'm like we can know a lot of things like yeah. if we think about it and we study it we yeah. can know a lot of things we yeah. might not know everything yeah but we can know a lot of stuff yeah that, there is the other and side there's critical thinking yeah and
0: yeah there's stuff you're not going to understand or know sure. but um well that that's interesting and and uh i know you guys are on that journey and kind of seeking that out okay let's uh keep this thing moving i want to want to honor your time um you have, fortunately or unfortunately, had a front row seat to my journey and my battle with anxiety and depression, and you came into our family when it was at its peak. It was, you know, fire hot. and But not known to us. No, <laughs> that's fire right. Hot, that, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. because I was so good at hiding it. But, you know, in March, I raised my hand in treatment, been on this journey, <laughs> trying to be open about my struggles has watching my journey changed how you view mental health um, that's
1: a great question and when I, when you sent that over I still haven't never got to a specific answer um, I've always known that mental health is a real thing um, and that it is so vast in the types of mental health um I think it's serious. I'm a personal believer. I know you are as well that everybody needs therapy. Yes. If you have access to it, go. Yes. If you're fi- if you can afford it financially, go. Um even if you're in a great place. Yeah. And um, and
0: by the way, let, let's find a way to make it affordable.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um but it just is such a great thing to have an outside perspective true on your life and your day-to-day. Um yeah, I think something I realized is how easy it can be to lie to yourself. Um, is something that I saw once we got on that FaceTime call and you broke the news to everybody. Um, I was like I had no idea. My first thought was like, dang, like more than just lying to us, like he fooled himself for a long time. Yeah. Um and I know you've talked about before, you're like, I did know like at some point this has got to stop. Yeah. But it's good for right now. It feels good for right now and I need it right now. Yeah. Um. So it can be really easy to just lie to yourself about where you're at in the state of your mind. Um. But it made me respect you so much more mm-hmm. Um. because I think in a lot of those situations, somebody finds out something and has dirt on you. And uses it as, like, either you tell him or I tell them. Yeah, and then you have um, no choice but and, to get yeah, clean or get some help or at least still, deal with it. Yeah, and that's still just, like, it takes a lot more time for the, um like, actually being apologetic for your state um, or the wrongs you've done when somebody else is holding something over your head. And it made me respect you a lot more to see, like, this father... And husband, just be like, hey, this has been happening. I'm tired of it. And I know I need some help. And I know it's going to suck for all of us to have to go through this together. But I got to get help um, to be there for everybody and actually be present in the moment. So that was a big thing. Um, And I've seen one of the biggest growing factors for me in my life was. No, you're This
0: on and
1: there's no coffee in it. I don't want Keep going. Um, but one of the biggest growing points in my life was my dad worked in Atlanta a corporate job was high up at Suntrust downtown. Um and I had seen the only time I'd seen him cry was when I was a kid kid when his father passed away. And then one night at the dinner table toward the end of him working there, um, he was like, I just, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like, the changes that have been going on, the boss I have, like, I just, I really hate what I'm doing, like, and where I'm doing it. Um, and then moving on from that a few years later, he, he's always wanted to start a restaurant. So he started, he got a double-decker bus from London, England, shipped over to Savannah, Georgia, had people drive it up. They parked at Lilburn, Georgia, in their little by their town hall, um, in the city where I little tiny town where I grew up. And if you don't know where Lilburn is, it's near Stone Mountain, Georgia. But um Yeah, he set it up. They built a deck around it and they did they gutted the whole thing, cleaned it, um repainted some stuff, got a bunch of new stuff, and they sealed it and made it good for dining. And so they turned the ups, upstairs and downstairs into dining and then they had like a Uh, 18-wheeler trailer that they made a kitchen and had it fully furnished as a kitchen. And they opened that um, in the summer of 2018, I think. And it rained every day Mm. that summer, every single day. And they had to sell the business after six months of opening it. And it was a dream my dad had that, and his mind failed He was like, this failed. I don't want to talk about doing it. I don't want to think about it. Um, And for me, it was amazing. He thought that everybody saw him as a failure. And I saw my dad chase after something that he wanted to do his whole life, but it took him 30 years to do it. And it made me think, I don't want to wait that long. (laughs) Even if it doesn't work out, I'll be able to say, I tried. I at least did it. And to see my dad be like, I tried it. Wasn't the right time. Um rain no nobody wants to eat in the rain in the summer. It's just hot and yeah. humid and um he tried it. Didn't work out the way he thought it was going to, but he can't he can't be on his deathbed one day and be like, I just wish I had done that. Yeah. Um so that was just really cool for me to see that in my dad.
0: Yeah, and you know what? All that all that falls under the umbrella of mental health. Yep. And I think that's one of the things that's broken in our country is when people hear mental illness or even mental health, they think of this spectrum from Kramer on Seinfeld to Rainman. Yeah. Uh uh and and they don't realize that everybody's brain gets sick just like your lungs or your or your leg gets sick. Yeah. And it could be a short term depression, but then there are chronic issues like like I've dealt with for the last, you know, fifteen or twenty years and uh, I think that it's uh, it's something that the more we talk about it and the more people that do raise their hand and go, look, I, I'm struggling with this. You know, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys yeah. just came out and said he struggled with some of that. And I I hope more people will have the courage to do that. And it's one of the reasons we're we're doing this podcast, to just bring awareness that people struggle and people hurt. And it's okay. It's okay to even say it hurts. And I don't know how to Deal with this And I don't even understand The way I'm feeling And it's okay We got people yeah. for that Let's get you some help Let's stop firing people When they Say I have a problem yeah. And I, I don't mean my situation I'm So sure. any of my Church <laughs> friends That are <laughs> listening I'm, That's not I'm Named at you You know yeah. yeah Not trolling you or anything uh, You mentioned your dad Chasing after the restaurant And made me think I'm, I'm a big Bob Goff fan Sure And He is big On Go after it, man. Yeah. So what if you fail? What's failure? It yeah. just means you get to try again yeah. or try something different. And yeah. he tells a story in one of his books where he he's a he's a boat lover. He loves boats, mm-hmm. and he saw this boat that he just fell in love with, and he kept walking past it. He wanted, it, and he had these dreams of fixing it up, and it was you know an older boat, yeah. and so finally, he just says, "Man, I'm I'm dropping the cash. I'm buying this boat." He walks up to the guy. And he's like, "Hey, man, can you tow this to? You know, I have a dock. Can you tow it?" Nice. And and I mean, it's been this long process, but he finally buys the boat. The guy tows it over. Bob sits out there till it's dark. You know, looking, man, I can't believe this is mine. He goes to bed and he wake up. He woke up the next morning and the boat had sunk. And oh he makes the point that. You can stand there and feel sorry for yourself that the the boat you've been lusting after and dreaming for sure. is now at the bottom of the harbor. Yeah. Or you could go, Well now I now I get a new challenge. I wanted to bring this thing back to life. Now I really get to bring it back to life. Yeah. And that's kind of the Did you recover the boat? Yeah. Dang. Yeah, it's seaworthy. And so That's amazing. Yeah, and I think that's the way I'm looking at my life and my career and okay, so you know, what do what I want to do now? Yeah. I, I can do whatever I want. So excited about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I want to... Oh, yeah. We can, we can just leave that there. Okay. Well, man, I, again, I, I'm so grateful for you taking time. I know you guys got to get back in the studio here in a little bit. But I want to end. We always do something fun on the show. Mm-hmm. And I want to end with something that I want to do more often, but I thought, man, Riley's a musician. Let's do the survey with him first, and we'll do it with other people, but I came across, I'm a big listener of this sports radio station in Dallas, Texas, called the Ticket's Greatest Radio Station I know of, not just sports, but those guys came across this survey one time called the Great American Music Survey, I think is what it's actually called, and I, I kind of pulled some questions from that that I'm going to fire at you. And you tell us your answers. All right? And and by the way, it, it, you guys are listening, think in your own minds. Like, what, what would my answers be to, to these questions? So question number one, what is the band or artist that you hate? Like, when it's on, you're turning it off. You just can't stand... Their sound, it just doesn't do it for you. The band or artists that you hate.
1: This one's tough, because I really, I don't like a lot of things. And Allie will tell you that. I am. So the list could be big. Yeah, what most people would say, a very negative person. I don't feel that I'm negative. I just am very picky about my positive things. (laughs) Um, But, uh, so I would say a lot of bands and artists. I don't have a specific band or artist that I hate, but I am really not a fan of hard rock or heavy metal music. We were listening to some in the studio yesterday, just like laughing at different stuff. And like, have you heard this song? You've heard this song. And the whole time I was like, I am like, I'm having anxiety right now. (laughs) Like this music is, it just really scares me. And I get that some people love it and that's awesome. Um, I cannot stand it yeah I so can't give, stand give
0: it. me some examples of the songs you know cause, cause that's uh, that's what I grew up on man that was, yeah uh, on career day in ninth grade I dressed up as David Lee Roth
1: yeah I mean I just and it's I mean I can't even tell you specific songs yeah um, but I just some that are really really bad oh we listen to some like programmed computer drums that there's no way a human could ever play that fast yeah and we laughed, and it's just bad.
0: But you I know, it's just... crazy. We we talked a lot about church a little bit ago, and one of the things that pop Christian music has tried to do over the years is just emulate what they see in regular sure. society. And when I was in ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, this band called Striper yeah. formed. Yeah, and when I go back and listen to it now, I'm like, that was really really bad. Yeah. But they were a metal band sure. that professed to be Christians. And I don't know if they really yeah. were or whatever, but they if not they were at least very smart to break into that scene yeah. cuz I think they made a lot of money being the the Christian heavy metal band. Sure. So no metal, no no hair band. And I don't want to
1: just I won't say hate cuz I just don't want to yeah.
0: disrespect my fellow
1: Yeah. Music and, and maybe that's people, a bad but, word
0: you know just uh, but, but I the, have next, some artists the next next
1: question i got some answers
0: yeah so so <laughs> you know i i just think i have some artists like i've told people before if tracy chapman comes on and bless your heart tracy you you're a talented person but i just can't do it sure Charday. sure um wham yeah. i just can't do it i yeah. just got to change this channel yeah whatever so okay uh that does lead us to the next question what band or artist, or what is a band or artist that you think is overrated? Your comments and your responses
1: are probably going to be off the wall. <laughs> um, because every time anyone asks me this question, I get a lot of like hate. Not real hate, but...
0: Well, if you're listening, um, be prepared. Email us, criticalfolly at gmail.com. <laughs> Find us on
1: Facebook. Or if you want to text Riley directly, his phone numbers. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um yeah. Just again, disclaimer, I respect all of these people. I just think that the hype that they've gotten through their career is not deserved because of it's overrated whatever reason I have. Um the Beatles. I listen to their music and I'm like, this is the most simple, boring. Yeah, music. If
0: somebody's listening in the car right now, they're gripping the steering wheel. Yeah, the Beatles. Yeah,
1: and I know that's like heresy to say that, but I grew up, tried to like them, tried to see what everybody else saw. I'm like, guys, a eight year old kid learning guitar. This is the music they learn, and I'm like, this is just. It doesn't push you to think. I won't like, and that's when we make music. We're like, I'm not saying I'm better than the Beatles, by the way. I'm just saying. <laughs> when I listen to something personally, I want it to inspire me to think or feel something. And when I listen to that, here comes the sun. I'm like, yeah, it might make you smile, but I'm just like, man, it just, it's just so easy. I don't understand how they got to be the biggest band in the world. Yeah. I'm Um, so
0: glad that your mother-in-law is not here listening. to um,
1: And then one more that I might actually get more hate for this than, the one I just said, um, again, respect them, but Beyonce, uh, great. She's a great artist. Uh, and um, very few people can dance as hard as she does for a whole show and still never miss a note. That is insane. Um, just don't think she deserves to be called a queen of, or the queen. Um, And yeah, I just those are two that Mm. I've always felt that way about. You just can't say that all the time in conversation because people just get mad and I'll debate about it, but I just yeah, yeah. here
0: I was bragging about my vast musical taste and I I know hardly anything about Beyonce. Yeah, I know I think she's the single ladies' girls that are, yeah, yeah, and and again. She's got
1: great music. She's a great performer. Yeah, just overrated. an amazing singer. Just doesn't deserve it. Yeah, overrated the title. doesn't mean they're not
0: good. Exactly. It just means they're not okay. Yeah. That's good. All right. Uh the band or artists that surprised you at how good they were when you did hear them. Um oh man.
1: Recently, um, This artist called Dua Lipa, she's like a bigger pop artist now, Um, but I just heard her songs random places, and I was like, ah, it's just not like my style, and some of my friends started like, dude, have you heard this new album she put out? Have you heard this? And I was like, no, I don't really listen to her, Um, and I listened through her newest record, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, just the choices they made in production, um, the different sounds they use, and The way their songs feel, or her songs feel, I was very blown away um, by the newest album. Another one would be a band that's now one of my all-time favorites, but Colony House, um, which is Stephen Curtis Chapman, CCM artist. His sons, uh, the lead singer and the drummer, are his sons, but they started a band back in 2015, Um, and I remember being in high school, and some of my friends were like, Have you heard of this band? And I was like, no, they're like, it's Steven and Chris Chapman's sons. And I was like, this is going to be some boring, normal mm-hmm. CCM Bubble music, gone, yeah. like whatever. And, uh, I heard it and I was like, just blown away, absolutely blown away. And they've only gotten better with time. Um, we're actually coming up here in a week and a half to see them in Franklin. They're doing yeah. like a drive-in that's show, but, and that's a band actually have, had the pleasure of getting to sit down with their drummer and he bought me coffee and we, yeah. uh, Got to hang out while they were on tour. Um, awesome. We message every once in a while, but they're just some of the best in the game.
0: Um, and when I first heard of them, I was just blown away. Yeah, that's good. Um, I love this question, and I hear them ask it in this survey a lot. Uh, I love this one. It's band or artist that made you fall in love with music? Um, I can
1: answer... This two separate ways, and I will quickly, but uh, when I was younger, the first artist that I remember hearing and understanding what music even was, um, was Keith Urban. And my mom, that was like her celebrity crush growing up, and when I was growing up, and she would play Keith Urban in the car all the time, and I would put his CDs in my little portable CD player with my little over the ear headphones and um, I would listen to a song called days go by every home video that we have I am singing it in every shot somewhere Um, so he he was the first artist I ever remember even understanding what a singer was what a musician was um, at a very young age so he sparked that and then what I revere as the greatest band of all time um, are the killers and they just made me think differently about music, but also what makes every song great. Um, Brandon Flowers, their lead singer, is to me one of the top three greatest songwriters of all time. And even the decisions sometimes that they make musically, that I'm like, ah, I don't know if I love it. I still am just like over the over the whole scheme of things, they are the greatest, and they sparked kind of what we do now
0: yeah that's great um best band you've ever seen live like the best show maybe not the best band but they put on the best show
1: um gosh on a an an arena level yeah um i would say it's a tie between the killers and justin timberlake i've heard Um, a lot of people
0: say that Really cool. I
1: got to see him in Nashville and then two nights later I worked security at his show in Atlanta. Um so I got to see it twice and it was just unbelievable what he can do and how engaging he is and just the set design and the stage was like the entire floor people were had a bar in the middle up against the stage and um that was amazing and the killers too on that same level just some of the best uh and then the best show that I've seen in like maybe a 2,000 to 4,000 seat uh, room is Colony House. They yeah. No band I've seen at that level bring the house down like they have. I mean, even if you don't like alternative kind of indie music, I think everybody that can sit in a room and watch them play will have some sort of
0: – be moved in some sort of way. Yeah. You mentioned celebrity <laughs> crushes. I think – I might have a little crush on Justin Timberlake. I do. If you he's, don't, you're crazy. He's he's the man. He yeah. can do it all. Yeah. He really can. Okay. Uh, band from the past. Maybe they're before your time, mm-hmm. or they're just not together anymore, but a band that you would love to have seen live that Queen. you never got the chance. Queen. Yeah. Uh, just
1: especially after seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie and watching interviews with the living band members right. who were involved in every step of making of that movie to make it as accurate as possible. Yeah. And I know there's dramatic stuff, and some of it wasn't all true to the exact story, but and, just seeing that... I mean, I've always loved them, but watching that movie and watching the Live Aid performance that they did and mm, then watching them that have recreated it exactly in the movie, I was just like... I mean almost moved to tears like this is this dude Freddie Mercury was yeah incredible and he probably had so much more to give um, and I would have I would be blown away to see what he could have done beyond what he had di- had done because he he was just such a force Yeah. Um, and seeing the way he performed and the way he engaged a crowd very very few people can do what he did especially with the amount of people that were at that live aid yeah
0: performance i mean that's yeah, crazy
1: insane but yeah i would in a heartbeat i would go back to that performance
0: yeah am i making this up or did brian may didn't he just recently pass away i don't know i don't
1: is, is believe he... so okay maybe not I don't know. that's why you need to get a guy over here who's always researching
0: while we talk yes that's true <laughs> um okay so um Band that you never get tired of hearing and maybe it's a repeat, but you know, it may not be your favorite band of all time, like Killers, but just a band or artist when they come on a playlist or you hear them on the radio, you just you love it.
1: Um This would be on two separate levels, Bruno Mars would be one. Um and I've yet to see him live, but I have heard from s- several people who have that he's I've heard that too alive today, the greatest performer. Yeah. Um, so I've yet to be able to be there in person. I know his band is ridiculous. Um, but I, so I would love to see him, but I never get tired of hearing his stuff because he just is like he just thinks so differently um in the pop world. And then a band called Augustana is another one. They're more alternative singer songwriter side. Um, it's really, um, just, yeah, they're just, uh, their lyrics are so good. Um, their lead singer writes all the songs and I think the band has morphed into just like a name that he uses now, but, um, it's just amazing songwriting and, uh, the way that they put stuff together and you can listen to their records top to bottom and it's made to flow perfectly through each song. And um, yeah, I'll never skip one of their songs when it comes on.
0: Yeah. Okay. Last one. And this is my favorite question to ask people who would be your guilty pleasure to listen to. And by guilty pleasure, I mean a band or artist that people be surprised that you listen to, or maybe that, some of your buddies might even make fun of you for listening to. But what is your guilty pleasure? Um, One Direction. Yeah, is one of them. Um,
1: yeah, I just all the girls in middle school and high school would freak out over them, and I would be right there too. Like not all- publicly Allie was one of them. Not publicly, I wouldn't be like, "Oh my gosh, did you see blah blah blah?" Or have you listened to blah blah blah? But When people would talk about it, I would be over here with my phone under the table, like, "Oh, direction, what video, what song?" Um, Yeah, and I know they didn't really write their songs, but they're kind of a manufactured band. Yeah, but still, like they, the biggest like boy band in the world. And in their later years, I mean, they they're writers and they have great voices. Wrote some amazing, catchy songs. But in their last two, three records, I mean there are songs that i was even like man i wish i'd written that like that is a hit and it actually like moves me to listen to it so i would say them and i wouldn't say that i listen to them but nickelback i think there's some some of their songs i'm like th- these are actually like really well thought out and yeah um i know they're like a mimic band yeah. who just does what other people do but I mean, I don't think they deserve all the hate they get. Yeah, um, I get that's probably a good. Point. The funny aspect, I don't think they deserve like to be laughed at, but um, I get why they are. But I, I think some of their songs, like their hits, I'm like, yeah. I know why they're hits, man. Yeah. Like they work, and
0: yeah, I think for me, Nickelback is just about his voice. It's just sure. one of those voices yeah. that I just go, yeah, ah, oh, that can't be your real voice. Yeah. Um. Well, man, thank you, thank you for taking time to hang out. And I know you gotta get over there and get in the studio. Uh, I wish all the best. Tell people one more time how they can find you and find your music.
1: Yeah, um, it's R Y L Y. It's just Riley, um, and it's on all streaming platforms. So whatever app you use to listen to music, uh, it's on there. I promise. And yeah, we've all our music's on there. We got our two newest singles, "Figure It Out" and "Stealing My Time," um, are up and. We've got a lot more to come very, very soon, so we're stoked about that.
0: And social media, Riley Music Official. Yeah, just go on
1: Instagram, Facebook, and just type in R-Y-L-Y, and we should be the first thing that pops up, thankfully.
0: Sweet. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Thank you.